Welcome, everybody, to episode six of the Bakery Bears radio show. My name's Dan. And my name's Kay. And in this show, you are going to join us for a walk as we discuss and we try to agree, and it's going to be difficult. We won't agree. We certainly will not agree, (laughs) although I have... More of a feeling that through the course of the discussion, we may begin to agree. And that won't be through me railroading you. Oh, yes, we'll have none of that. We are discussing what precisely are the ingredients to a good book. And let me tell you that we come from polar opposites we do, on we the do. opinion scale. We do, with many things, actually. which. But we meet in the middle. We, well, that's true. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, before we get started with today's show, we just wanted to thank you all so much for your wonderful response to episode five. I've got to say I absolutely loved discussing Egypt with you. So did I and I felt like there was so much that I didn't say. Now that's all cool because well we'll we'll come on to that actually right through the course well no no I'll come on to it right now folks next time when you join us next time for episode seven we're going to be picking up on so much of what Kay didn't say yeah as we start to explore the evidence and we'll be looking all over the world mm-hmm. from places like Beckley. Go, go Beckley. Te- oh, I'll say it. Go Beckley Tepe. To Petra. Yes, yes. To the potential evidence that Atlantis actually existed. It as did, we, it did. Well, we're going to try and get to the bottom of this as we pick up on the things which Kay wanted to talk more about, which yeah. is, was there an advanced race yes. prior to us? Yes. Yes, but that's next time. It is next time. You've I was going to start going on. I won't. Don't do it. No. Don't do it. Because what I have, what I have to do, ladies and gentlemen, and first of all, is it lovely to be hearing me loud and clear? Oh, oh my goodness! Don't. Look, it was awful. We have dispensed with software that yeah. was being used for recording and yeah. we have reverted to our original software, which yes. we've used for years. Yes. So sincere, sincere apologies. And, you know, thank, thank you all. Thank you for your tolerance. Yes, for your absolute tolerance. Yeah. Because that was just the most frustrating thing it ever. It really was. We were just we were just devastated. And it we? won't happen again. No. Now, folks, if you're enjoying the show, please do remember to subscribe. And also give us a rating if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. This is a whole new venture for us. And we're so enjoying reaching a brand new audience. I can't speak today. No, we're too excited because yes. of our location yes, today. Yes, and we'll yes. tell you about that in a minute. Oh, yes. But we can only reach a brand new audience if you let people know we're here so please help us spread the word and do remember you can follow us on facebook instagram and twitter just follow the link in the show notes to find all the information about that you can also as well if you wish come and join the radio show community we call it the bakery bears radio show crew we do you can find out all the details about coming and joining that which is a private facebook group in the show notes below but enough of my waffle because it's time to get started in what is a very special show because we're not on our usual walk. We're not. My goodness, we've decided, and I think we should try and do this a little bit in this series. We have come for a walk somewhere different. We have. And it's somewhere extremely special. Where are we? We are at one of our favourite places and it's actually in Yorkshire. Yes. We are at Fountains Abbey. We're going to be taking you on a walk around Fountains Abbey and we'll be telling you some of the things that we see along the way. Enough talk let's get out on our walk so are you ready i'm ready let's go we are walking over this is a 17th century formal garden that we're in and 
we're literally in the middle of what would you, I mean it's it's like a lake it's a stream it's with not, a lake yeah, on the end I mean, yeah there's like a big lake and it's this is like a sort of channel that runs down to the lake and Very there's a little straight. bridge across it and they used to be stepping stones didn't they they did but they'll have taken but them out because of health and safety out. yeah health and too safety too many people slipping in the water morning morning we used to love walking across the stepping stones didn't we? i know it was great fun. and we never fell in no but now, I suspect some people might. Morning. Morning. They still do have the stepping stones, which I think is wonderful. You at, can s- uh, where? The, the, the Chatsworth Place. The Chatsworth Place. Which is in Yorkshire. What's it called? There. Yorkshire oh, Retreat. Yes. It's famous, yeah, this place, because of its stepping stones. And the reason why it's famous is literally every time we've ever been there, and it's not a lot. I think we've probably been there twice. Two or three times, maybe, yeah. Every time I see someone slip off the stepping stones into the water. <laughs> it's not very deep. Really. It's not very deep, thankfully. It's not life-threatening if you but do fall off. It's a long stretch of stepping stones, it if you recall. It is a long stretch, yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it is just typical, but we're gonna take the high-rise. I mean, places like this do need... To do maintenance work, and we seem to... What's that? What are they doing? They've chopped a tree down, I think. But Look, that what's one that there. machine? It's... I don't know. Is it a chipper? <laughs> Is that what they're called? So Look, they've chopped that tree down there. It's, it so like it's giving you a view of, pine. of these that's things, right. isn't it? That's right. It's opened up the view. I wonder if that's why they've so done it. So we're looking across. It kind of looks like a healthy tree. Yeah. We're looking across a view. Is that a school trip over there? I think it is. Well, everybody in the world is here today, apparently. So it's conservation work that we're sort of witnessing in the East Valley woodland. The landscape here was created by John and William Aislaby in the 18th century and features many of the garden's follies. Now, a folly is just a crazy structure, isn't it? It is. That was built 17th, 18th century, just to show off. Just to show off. Yeah. The vistas and sightlines across the garden were carefully planned to draw visitors' eyes to the best views, and they do. Yeah. And it does say that, look, we're thinning out the woodland area around the temple. That's the Temple of Piety there. Yes. So we're making our way away from the wood, the wood chipper. chipper and we're now climbing <laughs> steeply. Oh my word, it's so steep. This up to a famous tunnel yeah. that was put into the gardens here at Fountains Abbey by the Aislaby family and it was to shock and excite the Victorian ladies. And it still does shock, I think. <laughs> They're just not Victorian ladies no. anymore. Basically, it's a short tunnel through a hillside and it's curved in a way where when you get into the very centre of that tunnel, it's pitch black. Pitch black. <laughs> you can't see like the ground or anything. Interesting, isn't it? Because just to our right now as we walk up the hill, as I very gentlemanly give Kay the opportunity to have a bit of a breather. Yes, I'm catching my breath. <laughs> There's a staircase. It looks like a, I mean, it looks old. It does look old. I mean, compared to the Abbey, of course. Yes. It won't be. This is probably 300 years old, this staircase. And coming out of that staircase, I mean, that tree it's very is amazing. Harry Potter. Look at that. It's like it's growing out of the, the side of the, the rock, it looks like. I mean, it really is, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'm now, I'm right over and I'm... It's some kind and of... What's Conifer. What's made the holes in the rock? I don't know. Is that just water, do you think? It's got to be natural, isn't it? It's water running through, but it is. It's about as Harry Pottery as you could possibly imagine. And that was another tunnel. 
Right. Which now is not accessible. No. So yeah, we're now making our way up and we'll be in the tunnel in just a minute and you'll hear, you'll hear actually on the microphones, everything changed. And I remember so vividly walking through here with you when you were heavily pregnant. I was pregnant really with heavily pregnant, I remember too. Actually, oh. the way the sun is today, you can see the reflection on the oh, far. Oh, you can actually. So it's not going to be as dark as normal. It's not as dark as normal. It is weird when you can't see your feet. Sorry, yes. <laughs> I was just distracted. We are literally in pitch, I mean, it's pitch black, but you can see in front. No, you can see the light. Yeah, I can yeah. see the light. We've now actually made our way out of the tunnel. He can still hear that chipper. He can. But it's very Only much in the vaguely. distance. But I mean, the epitome of a folly yes. is before us, right on the top of the hill. And they used to have tea and stuff. Tea parties, yeah. yeah. It's like a little tower. Not too tall, probably two stories. Yeah. There's some sort of posh like looking finials. finials on the top, bordering on crenellations, like you would see on a castle. And sometimes you can get in there. I mean, it might even be open today. It's actually, it's further down here though, where we get to see our first glimpse of the Abbey. But yes, the question is, why is reading so important? Gosh, I mean, that's a huge question, isn't it? Well, it is. I'm not sure it really has one answer. I mean, for me, it gives you an escape, I think is a, a brilliant thing, you know, from everyday life. Yeah, it's superb escapism, yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah. It can be educational. You know, you can learn things without really even realising you're learning things. Yeah. You know, you can be absorbing it. Yeah. I think, you know, I think you're definitely saying exactly the right things with regards to escapism. Yeah. And I think that the escapism is the ultimate escapism because it's mental escapism. Yes. And I think that reading stimulates parts of the brain which I don't think in this sort of modern world in which we live, which is like multi-sensory yeah, yeah. and you know a million things all going on at yeah. once. I think some people, if you are not in the habit of reading, I would guess it might be very difficult to start reading. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I know people that say to me, that they just don't read and I don't get it at all I can't I suppose it must be difficult it's like anything isn't it but I just don't understand people who who don't read and I think that the, I think the, how can you go through life without reading books the thing is though if you are not in the habit of reading yeah and I, th I think it could also be an era thing as well I think the sort of what are they called the millennials yeah I'm probably generalising here. I'm sure I am generalising. Well, you will be generalising because our daughter is different. Yes. <laughs> and that's because we read a lot. Yeah. So I don't think being a millennial necessarily no. would mean that you don't no. read. No. I think you're more likely to follow yeah. the influence of the people who are around, around you. Around you. That's true. But I do know people who are in that kind of older teenage years yeah. who just never pick up a book. No. What's that? It's a bird. Is it a blue tit? Yes, I knew oh, it was a bird. a little fight. It's two blue... It's two blue tits. A little blue tit fight. <laughs> oh, look, they're right in front of us. <laughs> there they were. Literally, right, one's up on Can the right hand side. Can you hear them side. shouting at each other? We're probably getting in the way of their fight. 
you said about millennials and yeah so i mean the example i'll give you is that you know obviously our daughter bryony has read all of the harry potter books a couple of times knows them inside out loves them but yet we know another relative who's an old slightly older teenager and she said she might have read the first one can't really remember and has never read any of the others and yet she grew up in the time when you would ex you would have really expected to have read them. Yeah, you would have done. And, and yeah, she's, she's got no interest in reading them. Not a single interest. No, and I think this is where the multi-sensory world starts to take over and starts to affect because people. Because people think, well, why would I read yeah. when someone can do the work for yeah. me? Or, or I can just watch it instead. I can watch it. Or I mean, audiobooks are great. Yes, I listen to audiobooks regularly on a day, almost daily basis. It does create an interesting question, doesn't it? Because I think listening to an audiobook is very different to reading a book. It is completely different for me, yeah, completely do you, different. Do you take it in the same way? I do, but I have to focus more. Right. Gosh, we're just stood looking down at a view Where? now. And it's really lovely, isn't it? But they are doing an awful lot of work. They really are. Some poor ladies as we arrived had uh, come for a walk and wanted a cup of tea in the tea shop. And the tea room's not open because they're doing some work. It is the only day though that it's not open. How typical though Literally is that? just today. So yeah, we're looking down, we can see the, I mean, it is the river because it's the river which. It is the river, it's yeah, just but being it's kind channeled. of being, yeah, channeled is yeah. a good word. It's being channeled specifically to yeah. create the lovely gardens, yeah. which is yeah. Studley Royal. Let's crack on. I think when our parents were were kids, you know, yeah. <laughs> reading w was the thing. It was the thing, and my mum is an avid reader. Is she? Yes. I didn't know that. Gosh, yes, she is. Goodness, what does she read? Morning. Morning. Uh, my mum reads lots of kind of Catherine Cookson era type books, right. yeah. Josephine Cox, all those sorts of books. But yeah. she she reads and reads and reads. My mum. Right. You know, even through the day now, now right. she's kind of living on her own and she's not knitting so much. Yeah. She reads a lot through the day. Yeah. The thing which, for me, has the most profound effect with regards to reading is the ability for picking up a book that has the right ingredients, which of course we're going to come on to. Yeah. But if I pick up a book that has the right ingredients, it enables me to relax my brain. Yes. I think where I'm trying to get to is, if I don't read, I can't go to sleep. No, I'm the same. I think that that's been the case for an awful long time. Same here. I can't remember a time when I haven't read when I've got in bed. No. I honestly can't remember a time because I did it from being a teenager. Yeah. So ever since I can remember, You'd, you'd have a read and yeah. then light off and go yeah, to sleep. Yeah, absolutely. So there might There's be no an element of this. There's no other way for me. There's no other way. There might be an element of this, which is habit. True. But it's a good habit. But yeah, I mean, it, it's a habit. But if you I didn't have to enjoy slow it, your mind down, don't you? yeah. If I didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't have carried on for it for all these years. No. The, the other thing, actually, that I think, because we the, the question I posed, the challenging question, which I posed, and I apologise for the, the challenging nature of the question. It was very challenging. <laughs> I'm sorry I answered it in a terrible no, no, way. No, you didn't answer it in a terrible way at all. 
I think, you know, just talking it out, and, you know, we're talking about how it stimulates the brain and how, you know, it enables you to relax. But I think it stimulates creativity. Yes. And I think it stimulates creativity because I think your brain has to create the world in which the book exists. Well, do you know, for me... There's a particular series of books, and people who, who know me will know I'm going to say this series of books. But I'm going to give you an opportunity to talk at great length about these books, okay, but well, do I feel won't... free to mention them now. No, I won't mention them now, then. I'll mention them later. All I will say is that it's the world that... Sucks you in. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That sucks me in. And I completely believe, uh, to me, this world and these characters are real. They're absolutely real. And I make reference to them on a generally daily basis. I think then that probably through the course of this episode of the Baker Bears radio show, we should, when an ingredient to a good book appears, yeah. we should grab it with both hands and state that that is the ingredient to a good book. Right. And so the first ingredient to a good book is a world into which you can walk. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Because I would agree with you completely with that. I think that we're referring... It's a difficult one, though, here. You see, I always feel like I'm there. Do you know, like when I'm reading, I've got a few favourite books, and whenever I read them, it's like I'm literally there. Yeah. And and I'm stood in that room when they're having that conversation. Yeah. It is... That's sort of immersive for me. What I think perhaps is linked to the whole potential millennials issue and not reading very much is when we were young, well, I'll talk about me specifically. I could go off and play for hours. Yeah, outside. Outside or inside, whether it be with my... Star Wars figures, Aww. you know, w- whether it be with, I had the mask stuff, that was um, a TV series, a bit like Transformers, and I could go away and I could play with those things yeah. without anyone creating the yeah. world in yeah. which they needed to play in. Your brain had enough imagination yes. to do that. And from my experience of young people now, and I was a teacher for a lot of years, Young people need an awful lot of assistance. Yes, I do. Certainly the majority of young people need an awful lot of assistance in creating the world in which they're going to play. And I think books and the ability to read a book and disappear off into that world is linked directly to that. Yeah. Because yeah, if you I read a book agree. like you, you've yeah. read, you know, the, I mean, say what it is, it's Clan of the Cave Bear. Clan of the Cave Bear by so, Jean M. Owl. So you've read that book. Your brain is used to creating a world in which they live. Yeah. If you then get your Barbies out and want to play Cl- Clan of the Cave Bear. I've never had Barbies, actually, but yeah, I understand. But I sort of want to go and do this now. I know, play cave, <laughs> caveman and cave girl. Oh, you hear that bird? Oh. Can't see it, but wasn't that beautiful? There it is. Oh, she... So sweet. So yeah, the the first ingredient, as we were saying, has got to be a world in which a world in which you can disappear to, yes. and which you believe in. Yes. For me, with regards to you know, we spoke at great length about anxiety in episode three. Yeah. And picking up a book and reading a book. Oh, definitely. Eases yes. my anxiety. I hope we don't morning. morning. I 
hope we don't end up walking at exactly the same pace as this. There's a group of school children. Well, let's be honest, they're youths. Yeah, they're, they're teenagers, <laughs> they're not school children. Well, they are school children, but they're older. They're probably about 15 looking at them. Okay, how are we going to get past them? We'll have to walk around the grass. <laughs> how are we going to get past them? It's not a solid mass. I'm sure they'll move out of the way. Oh, they're not going to be moving, are they? We need to get ahead of them. Let's walk quick. Those kids were not paying a word of attention to what that lady was saying. Well, that lady did not look like she was own. used to engaging. <laughs> they were just having their own little conversations. <laughs> Neil, here's a question, because I think this sort of leads you to the, the whole ingredients to a good book. And that is, what genres of book do you enjoy reading? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a good question, isn't it? Because just picking up on that world, yeah. you see, up until recently, because I have, you know, quite the newsflash for you in the course of today's show, oh. I'm going to stun Kay. Oh, gosh. Because I've always felt that it was fiction that required you to have a world into which you could go and walk. Mm. And I think most people would probably think that. Look, yeah. The graves. Oh. Up until recently, like I said, I would have very much sort of said that the, the world in which you know you needed to go and walk was a fiction book. But yeah. actually, now I do start to think that it's all books, yeah. and we'll come on, you know, to the reasons as to why. But the question is, what genre of books have you historically enjoyed reading the most? Well, it's it's always fiction. I have tried to read non-fiction. I have tried to read um, some biographies and some history books. I just can't get into them. So I've kind of given in trying to force myself to be what I feel is a bit more highbrow, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. And just acknowledge the fact that I just like fiction. Yeah. It's not, it's not like my mum's fiction. Yeah. I don't really read historical fiction. Yeah. More kind of modern stories, I suppose. We just walked past a group of ladies, right? And they were all the way across the path, there was three of them, and they were straddled all the way across the path. And we're walking towards them. Not one of them moved. We had to come off the path and onto the mud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now who's shouting? Oh no, the school children are now racing up behind us. Folks, this idea about doing walks in different <laughs> places is gonna get binned fairly quickly at this rate. Oh, you've got this, to laugh. I've got to say, that's Look, at least you, you're experiencing it with us. So, genres yeah. fiction, fiction, but what types of fiction? Well, to be honest, it's a variety. There isn't a specific type because, I, you know, I've read, obviously, I've, I've referenced Clan of the Cave Bear and I'm not even sure where that's that would fall. historical fiction. Well, there you go, historical fiction. That could not be more historical fiction. No. Yeah, I also read... Quite a lot. I've read quite a lot of books by Rosamond Pilcher. Right. She wrote prolifically sort of through the 80s, I think. Right. I think it's more the story that's got to grab me right. than the actual era it's set in. I mean, something that just through us talking the other day, something that really sort of stood out to me, because one of the challenges that I always have is picking the right book at the right time. Yeah. And... Something that stood out to me was when we were talking about the types of books which you've read through your life, those books 
have been an extension of your interests at that time. True. Because you read, the, which were the ones with this case, Garpetta? Oh yes, I read all the Patricia Cornwell books. In my kind of mid-twenties, I think I was reading those. And at that time, you Ooh, were I loving- love, I loved those. You were loving to watch the series CSI, yeah, weren't you? Yeah, I loved the whole forensic pathology world. Right. It's funny because these days I couldn't read those books. So what genre of book do you enjoy then? Well, I don't know whether this all stems from my youth. Because you, I mean, you did ask me the other day, what books did I used to read when mm, I was young? I, I did. I remember, funnily enough, because our daughter loves Sherlock Holmes. She does. My gran bought me Massive Thick, oh, really? the works of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, yeah. which I read. I've never read those. Really enjoyed them, great right. books. But then, sort of fashion at the time, I found myself reading Stephen King, James Herbert. Yeah, and I read Dean Koontz as well, yes, yes. which is high. I can't even think what motivated me to do it, but I read quite a lot of his books. And I was going for those books because at that time, that's, you know, certainly it's, I mean, how cool is this though? At school, it was cool for you to read Stephen King. Yeah, I can now believe that. that. That's not the case anymore. I'm not aware that it's cool to be reading a certain type of book now. No. And I think that that's sort of... I don't of... think reading is seen as cool at all in, in this sort of teenage world. No, no. So I started out on sort of your typical teenage boy. But actually, what am I talking about? I've missed the book which... What about Red Wall? Yes. Oh. <laughs> My gran bought me. And this, and you know, if you think about it, Red Wall is a book is. about a monastery. Yeah. It's full of monks, but the monks are mice. It's, yeah, it's sort of like a fantasy. It is a fantasy, isn't sort it? Sort of like a fantasy. <laughs> it's sort of a fantasy. And you know, if you think about it, my, I, never dawned on me at the time, but of course I loved Redwall, because at the time I'm going to the Minster School, so I'm spending a lot of time in churches. Yeah. You know, we didn't come out to a place like this very much, but I remember when we did get to come here, it was always something that we really looked forward to. Yeah. So it sort of fitted with the world in which I was mm. living. So that, I mean, Redwall inspired me so much, I started to write a sequel, Kay. Oh, did you? Yes. Oh, well done. It had a great name. What was it? Redwall 2. <laughs> imaginative. But you've got to bear in mind I was like 12 years old at the time. Well that's brilliant then. The paper, the paper, I was using an old-fashioned typewriter oh, yeah. and the paper was pink on the back. Yes. Yes. Do you remember that paper? Well I do, I, I'm, I'm actually, I've got qualifications in typing. I did it, I learned to type at school, you could take it as a class which Obviously they don't offer these days, but I learned how to type, touch type, wow. and I took exams, I got a distinction, I'll have you know, and I still use that skill now, <laughs> and I love to type. To do it well, it is a rewarding thing. Yeah. And there is a real skill in it. There is a skill in it, yeah. <laughs> Bryony's funny, whenever she sees me, you know, if I'm on the computer, if I'm doing an email or whatever, she's like, how do you do that? You're not even looking at the keys. I said, no, don't need to. This is hilarious, folks. Oh, it is the most, honestly, the most tranquil and peaceful place ever. And today, it is not. No. And we are most certainly taking this as the hugest sign possible that from now on we stick, because I do love our walking route. Yeah, and I think that's what we'll be sticking to. It is marvellous. What Brought genres of book different. do I read? Well, it has been, really for the last 25 years, historical fiction, yep. 
history yep. and biographies. Yep, I'd agree with all those. I enjoy reading a book and learning something. Now, I liked your point, and this is another in, this is another of our ingredients to a good book because you said this earlier. Yeah. When we were talking about how you like, you, you thought reading was good because sometimes you can learn something without even realising it. Yeah, and I don't read books to deliberately learn. I suppose that's the difference. And that is the difference, and yeah. that is something that I've learned from you. Right. Because for the last twenty-five years, it's been those genres. But then last year, yeah, I started did. to read chiclet. You did. <laughs> it was the most bizarre thing. I was like, "What are you reading?" I read a book called Friend Request. Yeah. I read the Eleanor Oliphant book. Oh yeah, and I haven't read that one. I read The Missing Girl. All oh, right. Yeah. Oh, look at the cows. Oh. I haven't got a cute name for cows though. <laughs> Everybody, well, some people, some of you might know that I refer to horses as popos. Yes. But cows are just cows. And we can break the news here first that the referral of horses as popos mm. is a Yorkshire thing. It's a Yorkshire thing, apparently, which makes total sense because I'm a Yorkshire girl. Yes. And I'm really a Yorkshire boy. You are a Yorkshire boy. But I've never once heard anyone call them popos. No, obviously. <laughs> different party you were in the posh bit of yes, Yorkshire. Yes that's right yeah. it, it was working class. No, thanks very the much. The working class <laughs> sort of bottom of the barrel referred Listen to them as to him. <laughs> He's it. just joshing if you know him you know yes. that he likes to joke around. So what I learned last year was because historically throughout my life I've been snobbish when it comes to books. You have. And I, yeah, I yeah, have, I'm not reading that. I've scoffed <laughs> at the books that you've read. He does, he scoffs at No, I scoffed at, not I still scoff at. Right. I don't anymore. No, because that's what I true, learned you last don't. year, and it really was through, I was shamed by our daughter, yeah. who said, do you not read fiction? She did, yeah, she did. And I got out some historical fiction, and she went, no, no, not historical fiction, just, just fiction. Just stories. Just fun yeah. stories. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And I thought, do you know what? She's right. Yeah. Why haven't I read? No. You see, you, you don't really, or you didn't really read for fun. No. I read for fun. And, well, you know, I was making a massive mistake. Well, I don't know that it's a mistake, is it? It's just, I think you just learnt to, to broaden your what, range. What I learnt was that... Sometimes what you need, because what I was starting to find, and I still do find this, is if I try and read a history book yeah. at bedtime, I'm too engaged. Your brain's too active. Yes. And that, I've found that. What was I reading recently? And I said to you, I've got to stop reading it because my brain's too active. You were reading, what was I reading? the book about five reasons to shut down your social media. I was. It's called 10 arguments right. for, yeah, <laughs> five, five, five reasons. <laughs> There's actually 10. 10 arguments for closing down your social media account or something. And I started to read that and it's an interesting read. Some of it I found a bit wordy and a bit kind of confusing. I didn't really understand what they were talking about, but it was an interesting read, but it was making my brain, I was too awake. And that's the thing with the book, I don't want it at, at bedtime, I mean. 
I don't want it to engage my brain that much. I also think that there was a certain Which way are we going down Well, I can't decide whether it there's might be... There's a mirror be, there as well, but, and there's a streamer up there. So do we go down the middle? Yeah, probably. So what we're going to do now, actually, and this is the we're route... We're going to go right through the abbey. This is the route which, if you were a parishioner coming to a service at Fountains Abbey Church... Yeah. You would walk in the gates behind us, yep. and you'd walk down here through these doors yep. and come into the nave and sit down for your service. I feel like a red wall, little mouse monk. Yes. Matthias. Is that his name? Matthias oh, that's was, cute. Yeah, and, uh, I imagine they were very cute little mice in their little monk robes, yes, were they? They were. Absolutely were. Yeah. But then they ruined it because they made a cartoon series. Oh. I just couldn't engage with that because that cartoon series was not what I'd imagined. So we're now, we've just walked just through the, the, the bottom corner of uh, the Fountains Abbey. It's obviously ruined the, the church, and we're now walking into the Undercroft, and above it's is amazing, where actually, the brothers used to sleep. Yeah, it's amazing under here. It is, and the, the acoustics in here yeah. are just phenomenal. I couldn't Brilliant imagine. for photography under here as well. Yeah. The light's really good. Yeah. So... I cannot read a history book, an in-depth history book, or a biography, or anything that makes me think. Just like mm. you know, you and mm. that social media book. I can't read those at bedtime. No. I'd got myself into a bit of a funk because I was trying to read those books at mm. bedtime, mm. and I wasn't sleeping particularly well. It was no. taking me ages, uh, you know, to get, to get, to get yeah. remotely tired. And then the suggestion to read fiction just work like a charm yeah because it's just fluff isn't it no i think that's a bit of a sweeping statement to say look, that look plan of the cave bear is not fluff it is not fluff eleanor oliphant is fluff oh right do you think i didn't I think read it so chiclet is on the beach fluffy stuff that's true and there is a place for that. There is absolutely a place for that. You know, and the place for that is if you're laid out on the beach and you just want something to... But the thing is, we never lay out on the beach. No, 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 no. So, but let, let me carry on. But there's still a place for it. Yes. But at half past nine at night, when it's pitch black and you're asleep and I'm trying to read something <laughs> to help me get to sleep. Listen, half nine, fast asleep. That's yes. generally me, yes. I've got to say. That is the time for chiclet. Yeah. And it is just perfect. Yeah. Whilst I was most definitely, and I still am, because what I do is, you know, is the, the other thing that so many people say, isn't it, that they don't have time to read. Yeah. And you, as, as all of us know, you find the time to do the things that are important you do, to you. You do, absolutely. What I found, because I'd never done this before, is because I had to stop, and I mean, it's interesting how this did all seem to happen last year, because I'd had to stop reading the types of books which I'd always enjoyed at bedtime, yeah. I had to find a time in the day to read those sort of history books that I love. Mm. And the perfect time is when you're in the shower and Brian is in the bath. Mm -hmm. So that's what I do. I get half an hour in, yeah. about sort of six o'clock, half past six, and I'm feeling really more, and I'm more engaged with the book too because I'm not drifting off as I'm reading no, it. No, that's right. If you're asking me what types of books do I enjoy reading right now, it's history, historical fiction, and chiclet, baby. <laughs> 
What an amazing combination. Absolutely. And for you, what would you what would you say? You can't moment, just say fiction. You've no, got to be I mean, more specific. Actually, what I'm reading at the moment, you're going to laugh because it's currently mid-September. But I've just finished one Christmas-themed book and right. I'm just reading another. Right. I do seem to want to do festive things in September, October. Well, that's lovely. So, yeah, I'm just reading a book by... I think she's called Trisha Ashley, I think. Right. And it's just a Christmas chicklet, as you, as, a, as you would call. Would it? Well, you know, it's a nice story. Well, there you go. It's got a festive feel. If it feel. enables you, if it engages your brain enough so that yeah. you shut down and you fall asleep. And I'm, yeah, absolutely. And I'm listening, as I walk every day, I'm listening for about the 20th time right. to Winter Solstice by Rosamond Pilcher, which right. is... It would probably come second favourite of all books. Right. I just love it. And it's just very comforting because I know the characters so well. Yeah. And it just relaxes me when I'm walking. Right. If we're sort of going to try and nail down, because we have Neil left behind us, it's the most amazing view it of Fairton's Abbey. Yeah. We're now sort of on the homeward bound, to a certain extent. You know, there's still a little way to go. But, you know, as we start to head back, towards our car. I think we should now really sort of try and hone in on what are the ingredients to book. Now we've already said that it must have a world into which yep. you can walk. Yeah, and, and it's got to have believable characters for right. me. Right, so a world into which you can walk and believable characters. Yeah, like uh, that you can, I suppose that you can kind of relate to maybe. Yeah. And. For me, personally, I don't want a ton of characters either. Because it gets too confusing. I lose the plot. It yeah. gets too confusing. Half a dozen... That must be where the saying comes from. He's oh, lost, yeah, the plot. lost the plot. Half a dozen, you know, main characters and that's fine. But yeah. sometimes you just get so many characters. Yeah. I, I'm like, who's that? Who's yeah. George? Who's, what's he doing? Yeah. So, yeah, not too many characters and really, you know, strong, believable characters. I think that learning something is really cool right and yeah. you know i'm gonna we're gonna talk about in a, in a minute the, the the favorite books that we've read in our mm -hmm. lifetime mm -hmm. and i think that you've learned a huge amount from clan of the cave bear yeah and the books which i think you'll be able to recall the quickest and do tell me if i'm putting words in your mouth but i think the books which you will have enjoyed the most are books which you've taken something from that stayed with you yeah, no, I'd agree with that. And so I do think a key ingredient to a good read is it making you a better person after you finish reading it. Mm. I suppose the challenge is with that, it's difficult to identify. How do you define that? Yeah. Well, how do you identify do what book is going to give you that? Yeah. And what book isn't going to give you that? I don't think you can judge it, really. And no. what I tend to do when I'm choosing books is... If I'm in a physical bookshop, yeah. then I'll read I'll read the back cover as we all do, yeah. and then I'll just read the first couple of pages. Yeah. And I can tell within the first couple of pages if it's going to be a book I'm going to be able to read. Right. If it's a book that I'm buying for my Kindle, yeah. then I'll get a sample, and that doesn't cost anything. No. Just download the sample and read that. Which is great, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's brilliant. Thing. I mean, that's brilliant. And it's a good little chunk as well. Yeah so that you can do that before you buy. So, you know, I'm not spending any money and wasting my money no. on a book that I don't think I'm going to enjoy. I think that we've spoken about, you know, the world in which you can walk, you know, believable characters, yeah. potentially taking something away from it when you come out the other side of it. Yeah. To me, this is all pointing to an author that's done their research 
and has planned things out well. Because I've read tons of books which are just awful, awful. Yeah. you know really badly worked through yeah. and you know uh, uh, too many characters you mm. know that happens so often mm. I mean, I've known you put down you know you put down many books because it's just impossible to engage yeah. with what I've, the story is you know I, I'm not the sort of person I won't you are more you will persevere through a book yeah I, I do I don't I find it very difficult to, to not stop finish reading. It. Yeah, well, I'm I'm not like that at all because I just think, well, my, there's so many other books that I will enjoy. There's just no point. I think I'm always convinced. Oh no, what's going on? I think I'm always convinced oh, that I'm going to find something. You know, that I'm going to pull something good from a book. And actually, you know, the I've got a great example of that, which I'll say in a minute after this tractor's gone by. At, Probably 15 miles an hour. <laughs> now, I've just finished reading The Falcon of Sparta. Oh, right. By Con Iggledon. Oh, Con yes, you like Con Iggledon, don't you? Yes, and this is historical fiction. And I thought it was... Rubbish. Rubbish. Yeah, I remember you saying to me. And I thought it was rubbish up until I finished it. And the and reason... Then you didn't, that's weird. Sorry? Did you not think it was rubbish when you finished it? No, and I'm going to tell you why. All oh, right, OK. I'm still not impressed with it. Yeah. Because I don't think it was... Look, basically the problem with this book is they establish a character, yeah. you engage with it, mm -hmm. and then the character gets killed off. Right. And that happens three times. Oh, no. Now, when that happens the first time, you go, all oh, right, you know, that happens sometimes in books, right, yeah. that's cool. Mm -hmm. You then engage with the next set of characters, and when they all get wiped out too, oh, you now much, start to feel it? a bit bruised. Yeah. And you start to think, you start to disengage with, you start to lose the plot. Yeah. And so by the time it got on to what was the most important character in the book, who'd been peripheral for the... Really, mm. for three quarters of the book, right. this dude was peripheral. He was on the outskirts of the book, and then suddenly, suddenly the he's final, the main character. The final section, he's the main character, and he ends up being a very heroic and a very cool character. There's a good ending. I still wasn't impressed because I'm thinking, you know, I, I feel like I've wasted a certain amount of my time with this book. But then I finished the book, and it turns out the whole thing's true. What do you mean? It was a true story. Oh, right. And you didn't know that beforehand? No. Oh, but maybe if you had known that beforehand, you would have been more understanding of it. Well, I certainly would have understood more of, well, it's not just the writer choosing to kill these people off. Mm. This is actually what happened. Yeah. You know, so I absolutely would have understood that more. So I think you're right. And at no point at the start of the book... Did it say? That's so weird. I know, you would have thought, wouldn't you? I thought, Con Eagledon, I've read an awful lot of his books, and he really, I happened to, I think you bought it for me because we were going. Yeah. You bought me his first book about Rome, mm. and it's about mm. Julius Caesar. Mm. And I'll link to that book in the show notes below. In fact, I'll link to all the books that we mentioned in the show notes below. Yeah. I read that the first time we visited Rome. And it was a superb book. All, book, all, all the books in that series, in that Roman series, mm. are phenomenal. And what it did was, and this is the strong argument that I put to people, because there's a lot of people who would say, don't read historical fiction, just read a history book. Mm. But historical fiction brings the history to life. And yeah, and I think it's, I don't know, but I would guess that 
historical fiction is much easier to read yeah. than an actual history book. It is. And not everybody has got the ability to read those heavy history, actual history books. No. So I think, you know, at least if it's historical fiction, at least you're gaining some knowledge yeah. rather than not. I think we should sort of pin our pin our flag to the mast of maybe the top three books mm. that we've read in our lives. And right. I'll start. And I would have to say, we've already mentioned it today, I would have to say Red Wall by Brian Jakes. Okay. I think it's a superbly written book. I think that it is a world you can absolutely step into. I think adults could read it. Mm -hmm. I, you know, it, it's written for children, but my goodness, it's not a children's book in my opinion. I really do think mm. that it's the type of thing, like Harry Potter. Yeah. Something anyone can read. Anyone now, can read it. I would say that I didn't like any of the other Brian Chase Red Wall uh, books. Oh, right. You only like the first one. I only like the first one. Interesting. And I suspect, they do say, don't they, that everyone's got one good book in them. Yeah. And I wonder if that was his yeah. good book. That's funny because, I mean, I will say, obviously, one of mine is, well... There's The Clan of the Cave Bear, and then the second one in the series. There's actually seven, I believe there's seven, seven books in the series. Second one is The Valley of Horses, and that one is actually my favourite. Right. I prefer that one to the first one. But with those, that series of books, it's kind of the same thing. I enjoyed the first four, but then after that, it kind of, to me, it felt like it was losing its way a little bit. Yeah. Tons of characters, they've all got obviously very unusual names they're not sort of like fred and george type names yeah and i just lost it i couldn't focus on it but the first four books yeah i loved right so for you clan of the cave bear, clan of the the cave bear. Yeah. for me the second it, it's actually it's a series and they're all as good as each other yeah. and it is by robert harris yeah it's historical fiction and it's the Cicero series. Right. It's all about a, because the great thing about the Romans was, just like the Greeks and the Egyptians to an extent, mm. they kept unbelievable records. Yeah. So we know exactly what was going on. And this book is all about Cicero. Mm. And, uh, you know, he was living at the time of Julius Caesar and Mark Antony um, and all these just amazing mm. characters. Mm. And what Robert Harris does, because he's a great writer. Yeah, I've read one of his. Conclave. I read Conclave recently you and loved, loved it. it. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. He really is just the most tremendous writer. Yeah. So for me, it is the Robert Harris Cicero series. Okay. What's your next? Well, it's one I've already mentioned. Yeah and it's the Rosamund Pilcher Winter Solstice, it's got to be. I've read it maybe four or five times. I've listened to it about the same amount of time right. and I just, I just love it. Right. You know, the characters, they just feel like friends. Right. And it's just a fabulous book. I mean, that's, and this actually picks up on an interesting point, which is you reread books. I do. And I don't. You don't, yeah. For me, once I've read a book, I've read a book. Yeah. But history reference books, I do refer to. Right. But I suppose it's like watching a film more than once. Yeah. It's the same thing, isn't it? Why wouldn't you read a book again? Why wouldn't you read a book again? Exactly. And I do, you know, we've watched Solo about yeah. 25 times. Maybe it's something that I need to try. And here is the newsflash, which I right. preempted when we were just over there. Mm -hmm. Because I have a new all-time favourite book. Oh my gosh, really? And I think it's the best book that I've ever read. Oh! I think that it creates a world 
into which you can walk and yeah. you know you feel like you're walking and talking to the characters yeah. and it's a book which I've learned so much from oh my goodness and it is Joanne Fletcher's Ah, The History of Egypt. Yes. Right. I bought you that. Is it called The History of Egypt? Yeah, I think so. I'll link it in the show notes, anyway, but I think it's because the TV series... Is is the TV series Immortal Egypt? Yeah, Immortal Egypt. Or is that the book and is the TV series... No, no. Right. Well, I'll link it below anyway. Yeah. But um, Joanne Fletcher's Egyptian history book is Mm. utterly phenomenal. Mm. I just... and, And... Initially, I was a bit concerned because it was moving at such a fast pace. Mm. I felt like I was struggling to keep up. But once you sort of get with the plan and you understand what she's doing and you understand the pace she's going to work at, I've read it half an hour every day. For the, I mean, I can't mm. recall when I started reading mm. it. It's not that long ago. It's not that long ago, no. But my goodness, it's, it is tremendous. And I think what she's doing is superb because the Egyptians, as we established in the, in the last episode, mm. they lived in a very specific way. Their belief systems were so different to ours yeah. that for her to create an environment where I feel like I can understand what's going on, I think yeah. it's tremendous. What's your third? Do you have a third and final? I don't know that I do have a third book. What? Because um, is I there could... something else that you've. What about the Mara Motsway books? Oh gosh, I've not even mentioned those. You yeah, love those? I, I do love those, and actually that probably would be the third one, which yes. was number one Ladies Detective Agency. Right. Fanta- fantastic books. Yeah. And I think there's now about 17 or 18 in and the series. Do you think that was the problem? Do you think he has overdone it? Maybe. I mean, I, I read them and read them and read them until I'd sort of caught up. And I think I've read about 13, maybe. But then, because I think I'd read so many, I just sort of stopped. And I haven't read the last few that he's put out. Um, but all of the ones I read were just brilliant. Right. And it's such a shame about Anthony Minghella. I know. And the series was amazing. I mean, it was, it was such great casting. Yeah, it was. I'm sure that they would have made more of those. I think they would have made more. Because how many was there? Was there like four or uh, five? Or? No, there's... Because I've got the DVDs. There's two yeah. DVDs and right. I think there's three on each. Right, so six. Six, I think, right. yeah. And was it only the first book that was covered in those six? No. Or? Oh, OK. Each series was one of the books, wow. kind of. Goodness me. Kind of. They moved um, at a fast pace I think, then. I think it was. Right. And maybe it wasn't that. I can't remember, to be honest. Does it sort of fit that sort of escapism? Oh, definitely. Right. The characters are hilarious. Yeah. Brilliant characters. Specifically, is your favourite her secretary? Yeah. Mama Cootsie. Right. 97%. And of course, leave the doors open if you like. I will, it's boiling. That is most certainly it. We've covered there our favourite books. Yeah. We've spoken about our ingredients to a good book and I think we've agreed pretty categorically that it's all about whether it be historical fiction because that's what Joanne Fletcher does. That's what's changed my opinion. Up until I read that Joanne Fletcher book, you assume a historical fiction book is going to be stale and hard to read. Yeah. 
It doesn't have to be that way. No. A world in which you can walk into and, and characters which you can believe. Yeah. Maybe if you learn something from the book. Yeah. Preferably without even realising it. Absolutely. And the mistake I've made through my life is I've always felt that, no, 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 I should be reading a book where it's obvious I'm learning yeah, something. Yeah, that's right. When actually the best learning is always done when you don't realise it. Yeah, that yeah. is absolutely true. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed the walk around the building site today with us. It has been the worst advert. <laughs> I, can't, I it, cannot begin to tell you. It really is the worst advert for how fountains. appalling that experience was walking around Fountains Abbey. It, it's, I'm still stunned, to be honest, about how that was because in all of the probably 16 years we've been coming here, yeah. we've never experienced it being like that at and, all. And we will take that as the sign that we, you know, sort of profess to take it as earlier, yeah. and that is our recording of the Baker Bears radio show will be done on our tried and tested lovely route. But I hope you laughed along with us yes. at all the frivolity. The, there is one other book, actually, which I've mm. read which had an immense effect on me, and that's the Steve Jobs book by Walter Isaacson. Oh, yes, Isaacson. you reference that all the time. And I want to read that again. Mm, that I think is, I should read that as well. It's a stupendous I'm book. just not sure when I would read it, that's no. the thing. Another question, actually, that you know we didn't really tackle, and I don't know if we can answer it fairly quickly, and that is e-book or real book? No, that's a really good question. So reading on your Kindle, you mean, or yeah. reading on your uh, reading an actual book? Yeah. Well, historically, I would have always said a physical book. Yeah. However... My kind of view on that has changed and mainly because I'm really into, not into, but I'm very much in favour of keeping your life as minimal as yeah. possible. Yeah. And I've been doing as much sort of decluttering and, and reorganising and all those kinds of things. Yeah. And I realised that I had lots of books just stacked up in places yeah. and I was never reading them again. Right. You know, I've, it, books that I wasn't going to read again. Yeah. So I decided to just donate all of the books I wasn't going to read again, and I've kept the ones that are special to me. Clan of the Cave Bear series, I've got all the Little House on the Prairie books. Yeah. Um, you know, all of, just all of those really special ones. And now I just read everything on my e-reader. For me, I think that a book that you will refer to... Yeah. And I mean go to a specific page and read a specific piece yeah, of information. Yeah. So I'm talking more historical reference books. I want a paper copy. Yeah, I agree. A book which I'm going to read the whole thing of yeah. and not refer to specific sections. Mm. I want an e-book. Yeah. So and it's horses for courses. It's funny because I've suggested to Bryony actually and you know I've said, oh, well, you know, do you think you'd like a a Kindle as a, a present one year and she's very against it and, and you know brilliant. and that's absolutely fine yeah I've not tried to persuade her or anything she loves her physical books yeah. and maybe once a year you know we go in her bedroom and we again we go through all the books and she decides which ones yeah. she's going to read again and which ones that, she, that she's finished with and we just donate to charity all the ones that she's finished with um, and, we, it, and that really works for us. So, so I think in in summary, the the whole real book ebook question is, I think they both have a place. Yes, I yeah. agree. Yeah, folks, that's it. We'll be back on the fourth of October with episode seven of the Baker Bez Radio Show, when we will, as I told you earlier, be looking at the evidence across the world and an advanced race and discussing if we think they actually mm. existed from the fascinating archaeological remains of Gebrek. 
You can't say it, Gobekli Tepe. Thank you very much. <laughs> so the stone work marks on the wall at Petra that are way too uniform to be done by hand. Mm. So the tantalising clues that perhaps the legendary city of Atlantis was actually real. Wow. Don't miss it. It's going no. to be amazing. Fun. So thank you so much for listening. Everything Thanks, that we've everyone. mentioned, or certainly as much as I can remember that we've mentioned, will be in the notes below. And do come and join the Bakery Bear radio show crew. And again, that's linked below. So yeah, it's goodbye from me oh oh are we like Malcolm and White was that Malcolm and White two Ronnies two Ronnies goodbye from me and it's goodbye from him (laughs) we'll see you next time see you soon the Bakery Bears radio show is brought to you by Bakery Bear Productions and is made possible by our Bakery Bear patrons find out how you can join our Bakery Bear community access more of what we do and keep the show on air by visiting www.bakerybears.com forward slash listen forward slash